Well, good morning. It is good to see you again here this morning, and to be, I'm just glad you chose to wake up and again on a, a week that I'm still adjusting to the time change, and to join us in worship. It is great to, to see you here in person in the sanctuary and to know that you are with us um, on these virtual platforms and just know that we are, as we gather together, wherever we are, to know that the Spirit of God is with us, making us one community and to enforce and embrace in us the family of God. You know, we've been in this sermon series now for, uh, this is our fifth week. Um, it's hard to believe how time flies. Um, and we are making our way through Lent, this Lenten journey, as we've been considering uh, the covenants that God makes with God's people and the second chances that God offers God's people. You know, we've considered the covenants that God has initiated and keeps with Noah and humanity and that reminder that he gave, gives us in the rainbow that never again, never again shall chaos reign supreme over the created order. And then we considered the covenant made with Abraham and Sarah that they will be, they will be the, the, the parents, the grandparents, the ancestors, to nations of people, to kings and queens. And then we consider the, 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 the covenant made at Sinai with God's people as they wandered in the wilderness. And we were given those stipulations, God's people, the stipulations of this powerful covenant initiated by God that we call the Ten Commandments that allows us to understand and to see what it looks like to have a relationship with God first and then to have that relationship cascade into our relationships with one another to allow us to be a community. And then Kristen talked last week about that dangerous world we live in, this deadly wilderness that the Israelites were crossing and they encountered these deadly serpents. And they made that bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and whenever whoever would look up would know that God has saved them inviting us to look forward and to look up to the cross to know that God saves us to look up and see the rainbow and know that God is still in charge still reigns supreme order is still in place these are incredible covenants and today we are introduced to the new covenant that Jeremiah speaks of. But to really kind of make sense of this covenant, we've got to understand where the people were. Now, Jeremiah was working between 610 B.C. and to about 580 B.C. So roughly 30 or 40 years he was operating in Judah and Jerusalem. During this time, there were two superpowers— they had Babylon to the north and Egypt to the south. Judah and Jerusalem were there in the middle, like a city-state. And they were being pulled to and fro to decide, should they align themselves with Egypt, the superpower, or should they align themselves with upcoming superpower known as Babylon? They were split as they tried to decide exactly what to do who to lean into, who to lean on, who to rely on. 
Well, after a series of battles, and the Babylonians defeated the Egyptian armies on a couple of occasions, which meant everybody falls under the rule of Babylon. So in between these two superpowers, we now have the Babylonian Empire, and now Judah is having to pay tribute to Babylon. They pay them money, gold and silver. They pay them with, with support when they are required to help Babylon fight its battles, provide food, provide resources for the growing empire. This was chafing under, under the skin of the nobles and the royals and, the, and those who have influence. In fact, everyone, because they knew. They knew that everything they did was going to be taxed harshly. And so they began to consider, what options do we really have? And, and as Egypt begins to flex its muscle again and to develop more allies to maybe fight and push against Babylon, to flex its power and to, and to grow its empire, well, Judah is again caught in this decision-making of who to align itself with. Jeremiah is there in the middle of all this saying, we need to stay with Babylon. We need to align ourselves with Babylon and pay the price that we have to pay. This is God's work at play. That didn't sound good. In fact, the, the way of the Egyptians sounded a little better. And eventually, when Judah rebels, Babylon flexes its muscle and invades again. In 587, they, they, they invaded Judah and besieged Jerusalem. They tore down the city walls. They tore down the temple to rubble. They laid waste to the king's palace. They destroyed the land that surrounds Jerusalem. They, they killed many, many people, and they deported as many more. This was a desolate place. All those who were in power, if they were not killed, were deported. Those who have influence, if they were not killed, they were deported. Those who have any power were either killed or deported. And Jeremiah was given a choice. You can stay or you can go to Babylon. You can live in peace in Babylon. You can live in safety under the care of Babylon. And Jeremiah chooses to stay in this city of rubble. This is a, an amazing scene. It's an amazing testimony to a man's faith. And as we will see in this story, it's an amazing testimony to God's faith, to God's love and God's presence. You know, when I was a child, I... I was part of one of those early latchkey kids. I was part of that generation. Both of my parents worked, and so when I came home from school or I spent my days in summer, I was pretty much, I went to the living room, the doors were locked, and that's where I stayed. I either watched TV, which was filled with all kinds of soap operas. I don't know if you remember The Young and the Restless, The Edge of Night, Guiding Night, what is it? I can't even remember. Guiding Light, Days of Our Lives. 
I didn't watch any of those. I just knew about them. I spent my time either playing with my race cars on an electric set, or I found other ways to entertain myself. One of the ways I did that was to build um, cities and castles out of cards. I would build these, um, I'd have many decks of cards and would build these elaborate, well, I thought they were elaborate, um, houses out of cards, playing cards. And then I would take great joy out of just destroying them. Either throwing pillows on top of them, batteries, whatever I could find, a ball, and just watching them kind of just explode into the air. And as I think about that experience of watching these houses of cards explode, how they were leaning, defying gravity on some measure, I think about the poor people of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, how they had built this house of cards that they considered a city-state, that they considered their capital city. But what they had done, their deck of cards were allies, military might, strength, political power and influence. They were looking at Egypt. They were looking at Babylon, thinking these are the things that are going to hold us up, hold us in place, give us our autonomy. Their gods are fine if they will let us alone and let us be who we are. Their kings are fine if we can only just pay our tribute and buy our peace. They had rested on, the, on, the, on this history, this heritage, this legacy of David's covenant with God or God's covenant with David that his line will go on and on. They were David's people. This was a Davidic line. They were safe. They were secure with God in God's place on the holy mountain in the temple. They had David's grandchild as a ruler in Zedekiah. Everything was in place. They were safe. They had their house built. They had a, a wall surrounding their house, a wall surrounding their temple and their palaces, a wall around their lives, a wall around their faith. They had hedged all their bets on horses who weren't even in the race. This was a powerful thing that was happening. And Jeremiah was there to tell them, we have to pay the price. We have rebelled against God's love, God's law, God's will. And the Babylonians are only an instrument. This will pass. We only have to live through it. This was an unwanted word, an oracle that did not want to be heard. But it was the truth. As time played out, the Babylonians certainly destroyed and laid waste to Judah and Jerusalem. And even again, five years later, 
when Judah tried to uprise again into a rebellion. In 582, the Babylonians again squashed the rebellion and deported the remaining influencers. The house of cards had exploded again and again. Jeremiah, looking around, standing on this holy mountain, looking at the rubble that lied beneath in these cities and these houses that were just utterly destroyed. The, the crops were gone, the livestock abandoned, dead in the fields. And this word comes to Jeremiah. The day is surely coming when I will establish a new covenant And they will be my people, and I will be their God. And I will write it on their hearts, not on tablets of stone, not on scrolls, but in their hearts, the core of their being, their will. And it will be forged and made possible by divine forgiveness. This is a new covenant. There are six things that come out of this new covenant I thought were very interesting. In verse 31, the new covenant, like the old, will rest on the initiative and the authority of God. That sounds familiar. Every covenant we have talked about is initiated, established, and remembered and kept by God. The broken history of the Old Covenant, that is of the Sinai Covenant and the Davidic Covenant, will come to an end and a new kind of history will begin. So the old is going to pass away, the new will begin, and the new will be nothing like the old. That sounds familiar to us, doesn't it? We don't know what the future holds beyond the pandemic. But we're pretty sure there's a future. We know there's a future. It may not look like the old life, but it's a life, and a life with God and with one another. Verse 32 also says that the new covenant will be new in the sense that it will fulfill the original intention of the Sinai covenant. The meaning of the original covenant had been eclipsed by religious ceremonies and written laws as though God wanted the original covenant written on stone tablets and stored in an ark. The intention of the covenant is to be written on our hearts. Part of our will, part of our inner being. In verse 33, the new covenant will bring into being a new community. Yahweh's people embracing both the house of Judah and the house of Israel. 34 continues, the new covenant will rest upon divine forgiveness, the pardon that follows divine discipline, shatters pride and self-sufficiency, and destroys idols in which we have placed our trust. This new covenant pertains to the last things, the consummation of divine purpose in history. This day that is coming cannot be dated on a calendar, but it is certainly the future for which we all hope. This was the covenant for those men, women, and children who lived in exile. 
and who lived in the rubble of Jerusalem and, and Judea. It's the covenant for us. This is a simple idea, this covenant, but it can be read in the very complicated ways. The idea is this. For the Israelites, who were living in exile and in rubble, there was indeed a future, a future provided by God. And for us, for those who live with broken relationships and broken bodies, broken spirits and broken hearts, split minds and divided wills, there is a future, a future and a hope for restoration, completeness, wholeness, and forgiveness. We are, because of God's promises, a work of community through Jesus Christ that moves towards this day that has promised the new covenant. This is the simple word, the simple truth, is that no matter where we are in life, no matter what our trial, our tribulation, our brokenness with God, and God's work with God's people, there is always a future. And because God forgives, and because God desires this relationship with us, we will always have a future with God and with one another. So let us, throughout this Lenten season, and into Easter and beyond. Let us be intentional about looking into our own lives, our own hearts, to discover the true will of our being. What defenses have we propped up? What walls have we built to, quote, unquote, protect us? What idols have we placed between us and God? What are those things? Who are those people that we rely upon more than God? That we place our trust in more than God? Let us take this season in all of our days moving forward to be intentional about acknowledging what has come between us and God to allow God to forgive us as we remove these things from our lives so that we will be that new community bound in a new covenant, a covenant of forgiveness. It's all based and founded in God's great love for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite us to stand for our affirmation of faith as we affirm our faith in the God of covenant, the God of forgiveness. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. to thank you once again for being here and again this holy week little card will be your friend for the week coming up there are a lot of things that will keep you on your toes again next week we only have one service outside and if it's raining we'll stay in the car if it's not you can bring a chair or sit in one of our chairs also you'll see that we will have a virtual service on that wednesday like we've been having an in-person service on that Thursday, Monday, Thursday, in the sanctuary. And we're not having reservations for that or for this Sunday coming up. We will have a Good Friday virtual service. And then on Easter Sunday, so in two weeks, we will have a traditional service in here at 9 o'clock and an 11 o'clock outdoor service. So, again... We have all of it printed here because we know it's a lot. You can put it on your refrigerator or pass it to a friend, perhaps both. So we hope that you will make plans to join us for all of these things. So for now, let us receive this benediction. Let us go from this time and this space, knowing that the one true God goes before us, offering us grace for each new day. May you go in that peace. Amen. <laughs>